Hello, everyone. Um, I know it's been a while since I've last hopped on, but uh, I hope you'll forgive me. I was working quite a bit this summer, um, and then I am now on my second week of studying abroad in Luxembourg, which is very exciting. Um, I'm not going to lie. When I first walked into my studio apartment, I thought my parents had tricked me into going to a mental hospital, but we're cool. Things are chill. Um, and yeah, I'm really enjoying it. And I'm hoping that I'll be able to continue to pod from here as much as I can um, with my schedule. But I just wanted to hop on and say hello um, and put out an app. I think like there were periods of time throughout this summer that I have wanted to put out some more episodes and they just ended up getting cut short or were just like haphazard and I'm really just I feel like now that I like continued with the pod like so much more that I really wanted to make sure that the quality of the episodes is up to par so you will um yeah like I want to make sure that I'm putting out like good quality episodes and like I know like me and Grace screaming on them in the mics is like super fun but um at least it's fun for me but I know that's not fun for everyone to actually listen to especially if you don't like know us personally so um yeah but just a little update um going to so this past weekend a little update from me is I was just in Belgium I spent two nights in Bruges and a couple hours in Brussels on the way home. Um, and it was super cool. Um, so if you're ever near Belgium, check out Bruges. Super sick place. Um, I tried all their famous foods, obvi. I made sure to try. So their fam- good famous foods from Belgium are french fries, mussels, um, waffles, and I mean, not technically a food, but a drink, but beer. And I was able to try all of those things. <laughs> and I'm not going to lie, like a, the Belgian waffle, I had a... I believe there's two kinds. There's a Brussels Belgian waffle and a Liege Belgian waffle. And the Liege ones are sweeter, I guess. And the one that I had was like soft and sweet and like caramelized on the outside. And I had it with powdered sugar and brown sugar. And it literally was, I'm not even shitting you right now, like probably top 10 best things I've ever eaten in my entire life. It was amazing. So I would probably, all the other mussels, french fries, the beer was also amazing, but um, I'd probably say that like a Belgian waffle, which I don't really, I'm not really a big waffle person myself, but a Belgian waffle is probably one of the best things I've ever eaten in my entire life. So definitely a good go-to. Um, but yeah, so I stayed in a hostel for the first time. That was really interesting. Um, I found out the hard way that um, if all of your friends that if you, <laughs> here's some little FYI for you. If you're looking to book a hostel with um not just yourself and with other people that you're going on the trip with, book together and Venmo someone. Like have one person do it and then everyone just Venmos them. Otherwise, you will be sleeping alone in a room with nine grown ass women who do not speak English. And not that they them not speaking English is not a, is a bad thing, but you know what I mean. Like just like. Ah! like so stressful like I think we were all like so stressed out and like we're all separated and I ended up knowing two other girls who were in my room of 10 people which was nice but um it wasn't it ended up being not not bad at all um we stayed at the little it's gonna be like a kind of like a travel pod while I'm um, abroad but we stayed at the St. Christopher's Inn in Bruges and it was actually really nice um facilities were nice and it was like really clean and the bed was really nice and so was like the comforter and the pillow and like phone chargers and everything so like right by your bed and 
Um, yeah. So it was my first time staying in a hostel, which is so something I'm not used to. And I'm not really used to traveling alone unless I'm like visiting a friend or something. So it was a really cool experience. And um, we checked out the city. Oh, I also had Belgian chocolate. That was also really cool. Um, we saw like the town square. We went to the club. Oh my God. That was really fun. Um, the weird thing about clubs though in Europe is that like high schoolers are allowed to go to them because like they're legally allowed to drink at the age of, I think it's 16 in Belgium. Um, but like in maybe like 18 in other areas of Europe, but like there are like high schoolers in the club like sometimes sometimes they're very young too like in america when you have like college kids or maybe maybe seniors in high school using fake ids to get into clubs and bars like they're a lot they're older than a lot of like the european kids who are like going out and drinking which i guess is to be like expected but i just thought that was so crazy um but yeah they were kind of funny because I like thought to myself, I was like, thank God I was not allowed to be in a club when I was that young because I would have embarrassed myself just as badly, if not worse, than those kids were. Because they're all trying to be like, I think the funny part was, um, they like, they spoke English, but they had like really thick French accents and they were like, oh, the gritty, we know the gritty, we're going to do the gritty, like the gritty. And they were like gritty in the street because like, they were like, oh, these American girls know what the gritty is. And I just thought that was really funny. But um yeah, a little highlight of Belgium. It's my first weekend. So next weekend, I this upcoming weekend, I will be going to Paris. So I'm very excited. Um, I'm also staying in a hostel again, but it is we booked it all together. So in a room of four. So looking forward to that. I think it's going to be really cool. And uh, yeah, so moving forward with the pod. Um, something. So I kind of tried to start an episode about this before I left for school, but um, it just kind of ended up being really haphazard and I ended up just getting really, um, actually like really emotional with it because it was an issue that I had, that had happened to me recently um, with a friend. And I think it was a really big, this year, I I think was like a, I, I hope, like, I mean, you're never done learning, but like, I hope that like my final learning experience with friendships um and i had to i think at the beginning of this year and also at towards like at the end of this summer uh i in february around my birthday oh excuse my laptop um in my in february around my birthday i had um decided to distance myself from someone from a friend of mine who just didn't like me um, and then I had, to, I chose to, I had a confrontation with the person. I instigated the confrontation with this, another person earlier this summer. Um, and I, um, after that confrontation, it was very wise to distance myself from that. I'd been trying to distance myself from this friendship for a while. Um, but it's hard to say goodbye. I don't, I'm not someone who likes saying goodbye to people or to things or, what have you, but I don't think goodbyes are easy. I think, I mean, like, I I think friendship breakups are just as important as a relationship breakup. And in our last episode, Danielle and I talked about relationship breakups and I think, um, breaking up with a friend can be just as painful, if not more painful than breaking up with like someone you're romantic with. So I really just wanted to like dive into that and just kind of discuss what I've learned recently, um, with having to lose a friend. 
um, not having to lose a friend, but choosing to say goodbye to someone that you were once very close with. Um, I think one of the big things that I do want to discuss is that like friend groups in general, like you ever see like a group of friends and you think they all love each other. Um, in case you haven't realized this already, they don't. Um, oftentimes that just leads to you being shat on behind your back by someone who you call your best friend. Um, so I'm not like someone, the last time I was in like a big friend group was probably like maybe beginning of freshman year of high school and I was miserable. So I think one of the biggest things that I've ever had to realize in college and high school as well is like, yeah, like I'm happy for you guys and like all like being in your friend group, but like in my experience, it's not all sunshine and roses. And a lot of times you're around people that might be really good, really good for a friend of yours, but not really good for you. Um, but also that being said, um, I think, I think you are who you hang out with, like who you choose to spend your time with is a big indicator of who you are as a person. And I think that's another good way to think of like, am I proud to be friends with this person? And if you're not proud to be friends with someone, then you're wasting their time and your own. Like, it's not just like something, you know, don't just have to think about yourself. Like if you are not proud to be friends with someone, like I'm sure that they know about it. And at the end of the day, like the person that I'm no longer, drop my mic. The person that I'm no longer friends with from this summer, like I could just tell that she was not proud to be my friend. She for years was not proud to be my friend. And, uh, I don't, I can't really come up with an explanation for why I'll never know. Maybe. I mean, honestly, let's be real. I always find out, but, um, yeah, like I'll never know that. And I'm honestly okay. Not knowing if I find out, I'll find out, but you know, I think some, it's very possible that like you can be very close with someone and they can just like not like you at all. And I get like maybe being in a friend group, a big friend group might be great for like social clout and security. But like when you're really looking for that closeness with someone, I find that like you're really, you're less likely to find that in a friend group. Like it's, they're fun, like a big, a big friend group. I mean, like yeah, I'm sure you guys like had a lot of fun together on the weekends, but like, who are you going to like when you want to like actually have a real conversation or I don't know, just like talk about something that actually matters to you other than like drinking and going out and for a college example. Um, so I think that's really important kind of going forward. Another lesson that I have learned. Um, yeah. So another thing that I've learned and like who I choose to surround myself with is that being around people or friends, like in my case, in my experience, specifically female friends. Um, but this is not just limited to female friends. Um, but just anyone really with no goals or direction is just so unhealthy and being around people with no drive or motivation for their future or a career or maybe just any goal of any sort. Like it's just such a turnoff for me because honestly, like I don't mean to be like one of those like grind set Instagram posts. That's like elevate your circle. Your, if your friends aren't talking about investing and um, stocks and growing your brand, then you need to elevate your circle. Like, no, I don't really mean to, I don't, you, I don't mean it like that. And I hope you know that I don't mean it like that. But um, I think that like driven people have a lot to offer and they're also better friends I've found. Like, can I explain the correlation on that? Like off the top of my head, not exactly, but I do really want to like, elaborate on the fact that driven people I find are more 
exciting to be around. They're more passionate about, they know what they're about and they're not afraid to share that with you. And I just think that's such a beautiful thing. Um, a lot of times my friendships have ended not because someone isn't driven, but because of issues that have come from that not being driven towards a goal or their future or a career. Like they just wanted to be in high school forever and then they get to college and they kind of have to realize that like, oh, like my future is real. And I know that's not an easy thing to realize for some people, but in my opinion, like this is going to be kind of a tough love take, but like get with the program. Um, but yeah, I really think it's important to surround yourself with people who have direction and goals. And I think that that would also motivate you to be a more um, goal oriented individual. And I think it's just more healthy, not only for their future, but it's just encouraging to be around other people who you're all uplifting each other to your goals and proud of each other for your accomplishments. Um, but that being said, I really think it's important not to be to be very careful around jealous people. I think a lot of people are jealous um, individuals. And honestly, this is going to sound, I hope this doesn't come off as like big headed and chauvinistic as I like, I really don't want it to come off that way. But th I've found like through my life, sometimes the only reasonable explanation that there can be for someone treating you the way that they are in a bad way, like if so for someone treating you poorly is that they're jealous of you. Some people just don't like you and they will keep you super close to them and you will really can't know why. There are some people who can hate your guts and call you their best friend in the same day. And it's a, just a very toxic thing. I think it's fake. I personally have no patience for fake people. Um, like I understand that, again, big difference in being polite and being civil and being fake. Like if you don't want to be someone's friend, it is a disservice to them to waste their time by having them put energy into your into a friendship that only you know is one-sided. Like sometimes it might take people a long time to realize that. So again, um I think it's definitely important to not be around jealous people. I think there can be like quote unquote friends with secret animosity, like they won't compliment you, they won't acknowledge your successes, or you might not even want to tell them a good thing that's happened to you or is happening to you because you're worried about, like, you know that they won't truly want the best for you. Like, they might go out of their way to even humble you. They'll make insulting, like, quote unquote jokes. They won't include you and they're worried that they're, they won't include you when they're worried that you'll get more attention than them. Um, like, they could be jealous of you for some reason. They will lie to you and they will waste your time. Um, I think two things that are very valuable to me in, a, in any of my relationships with anyone, with family, with friends, with romantic relationships, like it's two things. My two most important things in life is do not be honest and do not waste my time. I don't think, I mean, me personally, there is nothing that I appreciate more from another person than honesty. And I think honesty is a really important thing. I think it's important to be honest with other people um, and to really like be truthful to them. I think hiding something from someone and maybe trying to cushion their feelings or maybe avoiding awkward situations is only doing a disservice, not only to them, but to yourself as well. And if you really do want to be like, it's okay to not be love everyone and like want to be everyone's best friend. Like, and that's okay. 
um, it's a healthy thing, but I think that you're wasting, I think it's worse in my opinion to waste their time by like being fake. I just think they'd be better off. I know that I would have been better off if, um, these friendships that I'd been in had just been honest with me. I understand that like, again, like I'm someone with a very big personality, I understand that like I'm not for everyone, but I don't really want to be for everyone. I know who I am. And I think I've gone through a lot of growth to realize that I know who I am. I know what I'm about. And this isn't to say that like I'm not still learning every day and growing as a person, but like deep down to my core, I I love myself and I hope that other people do as well. And my goal and like saying this out loud and like saying what I've learned through these friendships I feel like not a lot of people are saying this and that if you are to truly love yourself and be yourself if you're to truly be someone's friend or partner or what have you if you were to truly really know someone and you really want them to truly know you there is no other choice than to be yourself your flaws and all there is no other choice otherwise you are living a lie point blank it is not it is a waste of a life to pretend to be someone you're not just so more people will like you even if like honestly like i remember like just being young and wanting people to like me people that i barely even knew like i was like i don't know this person why do i care if they like me or not so i think well and again like it's i also consider myself a very friendly person um i don't mean for this to sound bitter or shut off but again I think that sometimes there are people around you, there may be people around you. And honestly, like if you can't think of someone off the top of your head, then maybe you have a really you have really healthy relationships with people around you. But as I said that, if your mind went to a specific person, I think you really need to do some serious reevaluating about your relationship with them. Because I mean, when it gets to the point where your therapist, both your parents and all of your friends which you do not share mutually are telling you to drop someone and you still don't for years like, and just expect them to suddenly become a better person. Like for me, this didn't happen. And I would try to distance myself several times and I would get roped back in with the, uh, Hey, we haven't seen each other in so long. I miss you. How are you? We should hang out. And I fell for it every single time. And I think that's just because I think I really wanted to see the best in other people. I do. I do want to see the best in other people. I think it's important to look for the best in other people, but um, you kind of do learn the hard way that sometimes there are people who do not have their be- your best interests at heart, and sometimes those those people can be very close to you. They might they don't always have to be like some thug on the street or like a pickpocket or a mean girl at school. Like your biggest enemy isn't always Regina George. Sometimes it's the Janice Ian, Katy Heron, Katie Heron situation, or the um. Regina George and Gretchen Wieners. Gretchen Wieners hated Regina George, but she was so obsessed with being Regina's best friend because that's where her identity was. She loved being Regina's friend, but Gretchen Wieners wasn't happy. I'm not saying Gretchen Wieners is a good person in the Mean Girls movie by any means, but you understand what I mean. They were best friends and they hated each other. And like the end of the movie has a happy ending because none of them are friends anymore. (laughs) And I just think that that's like, a good example of this is that sometimes it's better to just move on. Like 
I believe that like so truly that you are the worst version of yourself when you have the most friends. And this doesn't mean to be closed off, but more that if you're being true to yourself, you aren't going to be perfect for all of these other people, but really truly perfect for a select few that are just your people. And you can truly be yourself and just have genuine friendships and relationships with those people because not everyone is going to be for you. And that's a good thing. Like you'll have less friends, but you will have much better friends than those people and realize who your real friends are. And you don't have to accept everyone as a friend because you're convinced you need them. And that's not true. Like you don't need to just have all these friends because you need them. Like if you feel the need to be constantly reaching out, if not reaching out, but if you feel the need to be constantly make like, Oh gosh, let me formulate this well. If you feel the need to constantly like gather more and more friends like Pokemon cards just to have more social security, then clearly you don't feel secure in the friendships that you do have and that's a problem. Like you're bound to be even more miserable operating with quote unquote friends who don't truly want the best for you and don't want to see you grow with them. If you feel like you need to walk on eggshells around someone or not be authentic in any way, then there is a problem, period. Like there's this like friendship slash relationship is doomed from that point forward. Like the best part about a true friendship is the intimacy that allows you to be truly yourself without any worry or thought going into it. I think that's what really does make a true friend is someone who sees your flaws and someone who you're not afraid to see your flaws and they love you for it either way. And I think that's truly when like a friend becomes family and it's not, I don't, this isn't like an easy thing. This isn't a quick process by any means, but, but truly surrounding yourself with people who love you for all of those flaws over time, as you get to know those people and become closer and closer with them, like it's kind of like weed out classes, you know, like I think um, my younger brother is um, an engineering major and he's in like physics and chemistry and like calculus and all of these like really hard classes because they're trying to weed out the people who aren't really serious about their education or maybe think that like they're going to major in drinking and minor in partying. Like that's just not something that you can do with like a really difficult major like that, especially your freshman year. And I think as you get to know someone, like as you go through life experiences with someone and as you proceed through a friendship, there are weed out situations. There are weed out moments. There are weed out arguments. It's just like not everyone's going to be an engineer and not everyone's going to be your best friend. Not everyone's going to be a doctor. Not everyone. Like I see so many kids who go in pre-med and power to them for it by all means. Like I know for a fact that I could never be pre-med. Um but you see them go through these weed out classes and then they drop pre-med and they just continue through another science path or a different like pre-health path that's better for them. They'll find like maybe they're not meant to be your friend, but they'll find someone else. And that's not your job. It is not your job to be the someone for someone else. I do think that I did talk in a podcast a while ago that um um, there's a quote from that is we are so focused on being chosen that we didn't choose anyone. And I think it's important to choose others and like look out to people and say like, Hey, you seem cool. Like I want to be your friend. Maybe not those exact words. I think that's a little silly, but like, you know, like, Oh, Hey, like, do you want to go study together? Like, Oh, are you, what are you doing later? Do you want to get lunch? Like it's so easy or just like saying hi and being friendly. Like you never know like who you're going to meet and who you're going to become close to. 
and just like being friendly and being social while also having that it all comes from again confidence in yourself by when you do truly like have that true love and acceptance of not only all the good things about you but all of your flaws you will understand yourself better as a person and know what you're looking for in other people and by reach you'll be more confident in reaching out and being approachable and being friendly and people like friendly people and it is in that way that you'll be able to better engage with those around you and really find the people that are meant for you like the craziest friendships that i've like the closest friendships that i've ever been in you can never really predict when they start i mean actually i know exactly when kasha and i started being friends and exactly when i knew i wanted to be grace's friend but that's besides the point um i think there's like little things that tell you like you're like that person gets it like that person's for me and as you proceed through life like if things don't work out between you and a friend it is all in due course because i think at the end of the day like especially with the friendships that i had had to step away from this year um i knew that something was wrong for a very 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 long time i let things proceed for a long time i was unhappy I felt sad, I felt like just left out. I felt un- it shook my confidence and I think that that it really did take away from um you know, just the friendliness that I had initially had with approaching people and being saying hello and just it shook me up. It kind of took it took a part of me away. I think it took away a lot of my like um I was definitely a lot more naive about friendships and I think now I'm definitely more not only secure about who I give my time to but also who I give my emotional energy to um and I think one of the things I think Daniela was has someone who had said this to me and it was a very good advice I think and I've definitely I don't know if I've officially said it on the pod on an episode that I've released or if she said it in a past episode but um just to reiterate um Everyone has a fatal flaw. There are people, I have fatal flaws. I have fatal flaws. Like everyone I know has fatal flaws. And if you really do want this person to continue to be in your life, then you need to decide whether you can live with those flaws. And if you can, great. And if you can't, then you can't. It is, there is no use knowing yourself that you can't live with every single flaw. Just as much as you might not be for everyone and that is where you find your true friends, not everyone is going to be for you either. And that is, again, where you find your true friends. Um, But what I really wanted to ask myself was, and this is a question that I've kind of been turning over in my head ever since um, February, is that to what point do you tell someone that they've wronged you? Like, is it always better to speak up or just let them get off easy? Like, is it just not worth it? But are you letting them get off easy if you just determine that they're not worth it? Like, is the confrontation worth it only if you want a continued friendship with this person and friendship or relationship with this person? And excuse me, a little yawn there. (laughs) But I think it's important to really think again with those fatal flaws. Like, are you is is this person is this person's fatal flaw their stubbornness? Is it their their unwillingness to change? Is it their hard-headedness? Is it their whatever that drives you bananas? Then this person's probably not going to accept the fact that they've wronged you. They probably won't. Um, and there are some people that are just like that. Um, I had someone who I'm no longer friends with um, 
quite literally that I will never speak to again tell me once that um, she thought that when people tell her that she did something bad, she either thought that she was God or the devil. And quite literally as in, like, I'm either the worst. I'm the worst person on the planet. I can do no good. I am a flawed human being. Like, I deserve nothing. Or I'm better than you. I will never be wrong. You suck. Go F yourself. What have you. Oh, my God. My throat is parched. But, I mean, we really are speaking on it. But, again, I really do. I, I mean... Again, I think it's a good question. Like, at what point do you tell someone that they've wronged you? At what point do you tell someone, like, hey, you fucked me over and that's not okay? Or, like, hey, you have, you're a bad person. But, like, also at the end of the day, is it even worth your emotional energy? And I think that's something that I've still been really turning over in my head. Like, and I think for me, this question has been in my pod. I have like a notes, a pod page in my like notes app on my laptop or my phone. And um, this has been in my pod notes app since February. It is now the first week of September. And I never really found like a good way to speak on this. I've wanted to, I've wanted to really think about a good way to answer this question because it's something that I've really just been asking myself and not necessarily trying to put into words for the pod. But honestly, I feel like in my experience, a lot of people just, a lot of these situations, it is so much better just not responding. Like, no response is a response, in my opinion, and it is the strongest one. It is, like, in other words, the silence is loud. Like, by leaving my, like, in any time, like, let's say it's a text message conversation, Anytime, honestly, I don't even care about getting the last word because my silence is the last word. It is and forever will be the last word. My lack of reply is the last word. And anytime that you want to go reopen the text chat up between us or you want to show some you want to show someone receipts, they will see that I am the one who said goodbye. And I think it's important when someone has wronged you. I am very strongly someone who will and I, maybe this isn't something that other people may agree with, but j- no response is a very effective response. And sometimes not everyone deserves a reply. Not everyone deserves the emotional energy that puts into a reply. Also, you look insane when you send a long ass text message like that. And um, like I've thought of people as insane when they've sent me berating long ass text messages like that. If you have to send a text message that is bigger than like half your phone screen ever you should call them or talk in person or talk over facetime there is no need that you should be sending a a text message that is larger than half of like let's say you put the keyboard down and it's just like the text that you should not be sending a text that takes up more than half of that space period and that's a pretty big area of wiggle room you should not Um, especially when it's over conflict or any sort of issue like that. It is a waste of your time and you are a crazy person. In my opinion, it only makes you look worse if you send it like, you're an awful person, you did this to me, blah, blah. They know exactly what they did to you and they don't feel bad about it. Um, And I think that's something that I've also really need to come to terms with in friendships. I think think I've held that like idea a lot towards like men in relationships. Like whenever I've been wronged by like men in relationships, um, 
that it's like he knows exactly what he did to me and he doesn't feel bad about it at all. And I don't think it's fair to not include the women that I've been friends with in the past in that because they know exactly what they were doing to me. They know exactly what shitty thing that they were doing to me the entire time and they chose to do it anyway. And they are just as bad. They don't need you to tell them that you sent them a text message about how wrong their actions were or tell them on the street or call them or whatever. They don't, you don't need to do that. Do not waste your emotional energy because it's just going to make you look like a fool. They know exactly what they did to you and they don't feel bad about it. Point blank. So to one point, do you tell someone that they've wronged you? Don't even waste your time because they already know that they've wronged you. They wronged you on purpose and they meant it. Um, and like, I think humans, especially as we get older, are very purposeful beings. Um, if it, if it was a miscommunication, like there's only so many miscommunications that can happen in a friendship until you, until it is in your face and you are refusing to look at it, that they know exactly what they're doing and they, they are choosing to wrong you. And some people are just like that. And that was a really hard thing for me to accept. Um, especially just with like getting older and being in college, I thought like girl drama was going to end. I thought that people were going to be a lot more mature and just grow up and just want to move forward and just be genuine and that we're going to have all these amazing friendships. And that is not the case. People are just as insecure, if not more insecure in college than they are in high school. They are just as dramatic. They are just as secretive. They are just as snarky because there are people who will live and die with an awful set of morals and you just have to be careful at picking them out and choosing not to surround yourself with them. And if you do surround yourself with them for a period of time, you live and you learn, But as I have. But it is very important to choose and be very, very um, thoughtful of who you surround yourself with. Um, back to the point that I was making earlier. Um, you are who you spend your time with. Like, if you are not proud to be friends with someone, like if, or also if you're thinking about someone else, and you're like, oh, like they're super nice, but like their friends are awful human beings. I was like, hmm, I wonder why they choose to spend their time together or why they get along so well. How interesting. Anyway, I don't think the rock, the rock, I don't think the apple falls too far from the tree there. Um, but yeah, I really just wanted to go into uh, loving yourself in your, not only your relationships with, not only your romantic relationships, but also your friendships. Because I think they're just as important. Um, and yeah, like I think that's a lot of what I learned. And I really am glad that I could lay that down in a very productive and cohesive way. Um, a lot of times I feel like er in early days of the pod, I would go on rants. And I would just want to like scream my head off and just put it out there. Like, nope, no need to do that. Save it for the notes app or just subtweet it on, on your burner Twitter. Like don't no 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 don't put that shit on the airwaves no one wants to listen to it um and if you do text me i'll do another one um because i have things i want to scream about always um but either way uh yeah i re sorry for the ums and the uhs i'm a little out of practice here but i wanted to do a little transition of like focus on like uh women-centered friendships and talk about the barbie movie which i had seen um, a couple weeks before I had left for school, um, not a couple weeks, a couple days before I had left for school. And I don't know about you guys, but I loved the Barbie movie. I loved it. I thought it was sensational. I thought it was 
so funny. I thought it was also so like just well put together and well phrased. I thought it was very watchable. I I like that it wasn't too long. I think we're just in this epidemic of like movies that are supposed to be like critically acclaimed being so long. Like Oppenheimer is three hours long. I do not have time to see that in a movie theater. If I'm going to pay to see a movie in a movie theater, I'm going to have to probably go to the bathroom in the middle of it because I got a soda, obvi, and a little snack, and I'm going to miss part of the movie. Like if a movie is over, I would say two hours, I'm much less likely to watch it. Let's not even two hours. If it's over, like, I don't know, two hours is like my breaking point, I think. But if a movie is over two hours, I'm less likely to see it in theaters, I feel, because excuse me, it's been a long day, I'm yawning, um, but I'm less likely to see it in theaters because I know I'm going to have to use the bathroom, and if I'm paying to see it, I mean, hey, I don't know about you guys, but AMC is really, really expensive, like, the food, it's an expensive experience to go to the movies, <clears throat> and it's not, like, I'm not, really, I'm paying that much money, I'm not missing a thing, I'm not missing a second of that movie, because who knows when I'll see it again, so, like, honestly, I really like how like watchable the Barbie movie was because it was like not too long. Like it's not like I'm zoning out in the middle of it. Like I'm entertained and I really like the ways that like they focused on female coming of age and self-love and um, feminine, like just modern feminism in a way that's palatable for everyone to understand. And I feel like some people hear the word feminism and they hear the word, how like the word patriarchy was thrown around in Barbie a lot. And, like, the point was just so close to their faces that it's, like, in the blind spot where their nose is. Like, they just can't understand that, like, the patriarchy was something that was brought into Barbie land. And I think a lot of people um, were upset with how the movie ended where Barbie chose to be a real person. She chose to leave Barbie land. But, and I get it, like... I saw, I, I like, the beginning of the movie, like, of the beginning of the Barbie movie was fun, too, to watch, like, um, because it just kind of felt like you were playing with toys again, and, like, the way that they were talking to each other, like, it just kind of felt like that's how I would talk to my friends when I was a little kid, like, that was cool, like, Barbie floats down from the roof to the grass outside her house, because that's how you move Barbie, you don't move Barbie to go down the stairs, you move her outside her house, and I just thought that was really cool, and, like, how they wave to each other, and they're all just so happy, like, it kind of reminded me of like being a kid again but then as the movie progressed it really did talk like focus on like issues that I wanted to hear about in like a funny and like really well thought out way which I thought was really cool um but I really liked how um I think a good point of discussion is this was all over TikTok and I think a video that went viral if you know um and this is no hate to her at all, just a good way of jumping forward from it. Um, Kylan Darnell, she doesn't even know who I am. This girl makes millions of dollars a year for posting TikToks. And I'm like, no hate to her on my like podcast that has like, I don't know, like 40 followers, but whatever. Um, either way, uh, I saw her post. She's like, well, I just got back from the, hey y'all, I just got back from the Barbie movie and I didn't like it at all. Like Barbie spoke, and I think one of the things she said that really stuck with me was Barbie's supposed to love Ken. And a response that I kind of had to that is, well, well, Ken's supposed to love Barbie too. Like if we're, if we're really approaching it in that way, like Ken, if Ken is really supposed to love Barbie as well. Like why did he take over her house? Why did he like make her friends become his servants to him and his friends? Like why did he turn over Barbie land and 
really not like appreciate her and like Ken wouldn't have done the things that he did either I think both characters have a learning curve and I think Ken is a very funny character I love how Ryan Gosling was great as Ken that was fabulous um my favorite part of the movie is when they're like trying to like fool the Kens and Barbie um is like I'm like totally down to be your like non-committed like non-exclusive like like no label whatever like girlfriend and Ken is just like just give me one moment and he goes behind his saloon doors around the corner and just goes sublime (laughs) and I thought that was so funny like I like laughed out loud in the movie theater like the Barbie movie had me bawling my eyes out and then laughing out loud like every five minutes which I think is just so descriptive of what it is but again back to miss back to kylan's take um and i think like people were like oh well barbie what the barbie movie wasn't what i thought it was going to be at all like first of all if you know anything about what greta gerwig has ever put out you're a fool to think that but i understand that most people don't don't know who greta gerwig is and like a lot about how her movies are widely focused on like female coming of age stories um which if you haven't seen her other movies like Lady Bird, Little Women, for example, just among some others, give them a watch. They're so amazing and some of my favorite movies of all time. Just I just love, love, love her work. Um, but And I love the Barbie movie as well. And I think it's important to look at um, this way of thinking of the Barbie movie as like, well... Barbie's supposed to love Ken, and, like, you think she's going to live in Barbie land? I'm like, this is a box office picture. Like, there's going to be some conflict and resolution. Like, there's a point to the movie in that Barbie chooses to join the real world, and she chooses to be, live a real world. And she's, like, her, she chooses to just be, I guess, just a real woman in the world because of, I guess, just, like, how beautiful it can be. I think the whole barbie montage with like the i'm like literally like about to tear up because of the, just thinking about it because like with the billy eilish song playing in the background like what is i made for and just it just makes me think that like yeah i'm not a kid anymore i don't live in barbie land anymore but like all the amazing things about being a woman are still pretty awesome and i get to enjoy them every day And I'm not saying it's easy and it's not perfect and we still have so far to go, but there's so many amazing things about life. And I think I liked that Greta Gerwig's message about loving yourself and loving the life that's ahead of you and the women around you to best, I guess, just like real life. Like, yeah, it's not Barbie land, but it's worth it. And I just thought that was really amazing. Um, that And again, another part that I really liked about the Barbie movie is that like realizing that those memories that Barbie was seeing um, and why she had come to the real world is because it wasn't exactly um, the daughter's memories, but like it just made me like cry to think of the fact that like your mom had just as much fun playing Barbies with you as you did. And that's like just so sweet. I think that the movie just really had such a strong message about motherhood, which I think is a big part. Not that like if you aren't a mother, you're less of a woman. I don't mean that at all. But like motherhood is a big part of womanhood and 
motherhood is like an area of feminism that really hasn't been it isn't very touched as much but it's a really interesting way to approach the movie in that like it also focused on like how motherhood impacts womanhood and I just thought that was a really beautiful thing to talk about like I'm literally I just I get so emotional talking about this because I mean, even though, like, I don't know if at this stage of my life, I don't know if I would be someone who chooses to have children. And I have so much respect for anyone that does, but I just don't know if I am someone that will choose to have children. But I just have, it just really changed the way that, like, I looked at my relationship with my mom and other women around me. Like, it really just brought a lot of like ideas that I like kind of had in my head or like things that I noticed like more to light and um I actually talked with my grandma about it and she loved the Barbie movie um she went to see it with um my aunt uh and like her daughters like my cousins and it was just like she loved the Barbie movie and she said that like oh like we love Alan like he was so funny like and I think there's like it, it. I think the Barbie movie did such an amazing job of handling such a very um, widely political, if you will, and controversial topic that is like modern feminism, while also packaging it in a way that is not only entertaining but like interesting and fun, and fun to watch, and like also, but like combined it with humor, and it was just so incredibly well done. I would not be surprised if it completely if it was nominated for several Oscars, I hope it, I hope Greta Gerwig wins something. I hope that movie gets some sort of recommendation, recommendation, recognition at award season um, next year and like just something. Like I really, I apparently, I think I saw this, it was the highest grossing film made by a woman ever. And that's like really dope. I think that's really cool. And um, I think also I saw, and I don't know how, if these stats are recent, but um, that like it had the second most, I believe it was either the, the second or the third most um, successful box office weekend. Like the most successful is Avengers, Avengers Endgame and Barbie is either the second or third and either the second or third is Spider-Man No Way Home. And those are both like big box office action multi-million dollar movies. And I just think it's really cool that like a movie that was like directed by a woman and focused on like women's issues and what women want to see like was so successful. So I'm really glad to hear it. Uh, I've kind of like been able to figure out on Spotify how to do like polls on Spotify and like so I'm going to put it on a poll, like, if you liked the Barbie movie, so respond. I'll do, like, a Q&A, too. Um, open up a Q&A, like, if anyone ever wants to, like, send in questions, I think it'd be fun to answer them. So, yeah, but, uh, yeah, I just really wanted to talk about how, um, like, another point of this is, like, feminism. This is a good way to, like, transition here is that uh, feminism is also, I feel like, swinging the other direction where it is shameful for women to want kids family husband because they aren't quote-unquote girl bossing enough um and this is an issue that had like come across like my feed recently with i don't know if you guys have seen that video it kind of blew up of uh rachel ziegler who
who is an actress who is playing Snow White in the new live action Snow White movie that is coming out. Um, and she's like, she's not going to be saved. She doesn't have a prince. Like she's a leader and like she saves everyone and like blah, blah, blah. which I think is still a very powerful message, but I think it can be very harmful to dissuade young girls from the fact that young girls who are going to have, I think I saw another creator on TikTok talk about this and I don't remember her at, but it was very important for me to bring up the fact that like, I understand that like I complain a lot about on this podcast about how I think Grace and I have talked before about like the things that like we find in our relationships with men that are just like not great, but I don't, but like young girls are going to have those feelings. Like you all, I think like I remember my first crush. I feel like we all do. Like, it isn't healthy to like set an example for young people that love isn't is something to be ashamed of, and that those feelings that you're gonna have for like the boy who sits next to you in your math class and like having a little crush or like, and as like that goes forward in life, like I'm I'm really worried that that's setting us up for looking at romance and love as something that is anti-feminist when in fact it's not right romance and love are not anti-feminist at all like it's anti-feminist in fact to hate on a woman's choice to have children and experience romantic love just as women shouldn't be forced to do those those things they shouldn't be socially forced to live without them like we are going to have those romantic feelings and like i think the feminist movement is a lot more about liberation than it is about I mean, correct me if I'm wrong here. I understand there's a lot of opinions about this, but the feminist movement is a lot more about liberation than it is more about equality. And equality is a very big, important part of it. Don't get me wrong. But it's more about just the freedom to be who you are and have those feelings and do what you want. If you want to have a career, amazing. If you want to have a family if you want to have, I'm not, and not even that you have to choose, if you want to do both, if you want to do one or the other, like you shouldn't have to choose. We shouldn't have to pick only one. And it's so just like, I just don't think it's the right way to go about it. That like, yeah, women can be, women can be leaders. Women are leaders, but it's so important to be like, you don't have to choose between being a leader and being in love i don't think like love is not an anti-feminist concept whatsoever it is empowering to love others compassionately in the same way that you give that respect to yourself it is i think it is it is empowering as a woman to choose who you love and love in a way that you choose and live your life in the way that is best for you it's just you shouldn't have to choose between being a leader and having a family or having children and being in love or being in a relationship does not make you less of a leader. It does not make you less successful. It does not make you less of a woman. It, if any, it's just part of life. And I really don't like that they were putting out that message. I mean, like, I understand that, like, like create re, when you're doing recreating and like refilming um, these like older movies to excuse me, I think I'm having heartburn. This is not ideal for potting. <laughs> but um, it's not, you shouldn't have to like change the entire story. Like Snow White can be a leader like and still fall in love and like still have a happy ending and she can still be a leader. There's no way that she can't 
lead. She's like, she's not going to be rescued by a prince because she's just better than that. Well, you know what? Like, how, what are young girls going to think when they hear something like that? And, you know, like, I think this stereotype is very different for men and women as women are old maids and men are bachelors. Young girls are going to fall in love and like boys and the narrative of telling them that those feelings are something to be ashamed of is going to cause a lot of damage and it's only going to send us so far backwards and it's going to take that like liberation that we've been working so hard for and I think just I think with women there's a lot of shame in who you love or being single or being not single or being latched on to something like that sorry that doesn't make any sense but I think the narrative this narrative if we continue along this narrative the pendulum is just going to swing the direction we don't want it to go and it's just going to be a very harmful way for um people to look at love and female characters should be more than undeveloped love interests but love isn't something to be ashamed of and love doesn't make you less of a person or a leader and I think that's what I really wanted to end on there. Uh, and I think that's kind of a good message that I think the Barbie movie had is that like Barbie, like Barbie has so much love for everyone around her, but she also loves herself enough to know not to, you know, people please. Like, I think that's like kind of what she learns like throughout the story is that like through loving yourself, you can give other people the love that they deserve as well as giving yourself the love that you deserve as well um so yeah i think i just to end this out i would say that my in is definitely um being in europe (laughs) um my out is paying for water everywhere um not a fan that i have to pay for water um like can we not just get it from the tap but whatever i love drinking water so that's just on me but yeah, I'm just, uh, things are going pretty well. Wish me luck. Um, much love to everyone back in the States. But, uh, yeah, I just hope you guys are doing well. I'm glad I could hop on again and speak to you all and catch you up on what's going on with me. Um, I know that, like, Grace and I, Grace is, like, studying for the MCAT right now. She's girl bossing. So, um, she's, everyone wish her luck on that. Send her some good energy. She deserves it. And, um, yeah, I'm really excited. So we'll be back in Oxford together this spring. But as of now, my in is Europe and my out is buying water. And my song of the episode is going to be... Let me pull it up. My song right now is... If you're too shy, let me know by the 1975. I saw that live at Lollapalooza and it was awesome. Okay, but also Jukebox Jukebox Joints by ASAP Rocky. All right. Bye, guys.